0: This episode is sponsored by The Alcohol Experiment, a free 30 day challenge designed to interrupt your patterns, give you control, restore your health, and put you back in touch with the version of you who doesn't need alcohol to cope, relax, or enjoy life. More than 220,000 people have already tried the alcohol experiment for themselves and have seen improved sleep, increased happiness, reduced anxiety, and so much more. Join thousands in this inspiring, hopeful, and exciting program where you examine your beliefs and reconnect with the best version of you without ever feeling like you're missing out. Start today for free at alcoholexperiment.com. Hi, this is Annie Grace, and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast. And I'm here with Laura. Hi, Laura. Hello again. I'm so awesome. So if you don't know Laura McCowan, you absolutely should. She is the host of a podcast, Tell Me Something True, which is one of my personal favorites. It's amazing. And the author of the book "We Are the Luckiest," which again is just so incredible, Laura. You're such a talented writer, and you've been on before, so this is I've like been on twice. Some, so yes, twice. So exciting. Yeah. So we will link um, the sh- episodes that Laura was on previously in the show notes. But today we're actually going to talk about something totally different. And so I'm really. Do you want to frame it out, or do you want me to frame it out, or <laughs>
1: um, do you frame it out? Maybe say why why you wanted to talk about it.
0: Okay. I mean, awesome. So. Yeah. Uh we really want so here's the thing is that no matter what we're doing, whether it's drinking or playing video games or you know eating too much or more than we want to be eating or whatever it is, uh we're often doing that you know sports. <laughs> My husband' his addiction is definitely knowing every single statistic in sports. Whatever it is, is we're generally doing some of these things in part. Some of it is fun, but there is a part of it that becomes, uh, I guess, buffering agent. It becomes a way to insulate ourselves from the reality and from the world and from some of the, you know, intensity in our own minds. And it actually becomes a way to really meet our needs. Like, you know, alcohol, for example, met my need for significance because I could feel really special that I knew all the fancy wines and I could talk about different types of, I think bourbon was what I was into talking about at the time. And, you know, so there was all this significance in it. And I had significance actually in the fact that I could overdrink, you know, people around me, especially people who were sort of twice my age. Um, And it met my need for variety because, you know, I could, try different things and and you know, never knew what where the evening was gonna end you up, even though that was never pleasant. It was still meeting my need for variety um, and my need for certainty, because I was just like showing up there all the time. And there it was, it was always in the fridge or always in the cabinet. And you know, I could I could kind of count on it. I also thought it meant my need for love and connection because I had this false belief that I couldn't actually socialize or be with people. And so these are are the six human needs as outlined by um, Tony Robbins. But the idea is that if if anything meets three or more of these needs, and the other two are growth and contribution and um, certainty, variety, significance, love and connection, growth and contribution, there's a sixth one, which I'm totally forgetting right now, but we'll come back to it. But if it meets any of those six human needs, then or any three of them, it can completely become an addiction. It can become something that's really unhealthy because it becomes something that we go to all the time. And I have noticed that in myself um, around social media, specifically Instagram. I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, what was happening is at first it was like, okay, we're all isolated in our house. So what had for me not been a Really huge relationship with social media. It had been yeah. mostly like, okay, I'm going to have a page. I'm going to provide value. You know, I'm going to be the brand, this naked mind, and kind of be on social media. All of a sudden, became a very consuming relationship with social media. And I'd find myself getting on there for like 45 minutes at a time, out of the blue, out of nowhere, looking at the clock, like, what happened? And then I'd find myself with all this anxiety because I was getting, I was following all these like really inspirational people who were saying. It's quarantine. King Arthur was written during a large lockdown right the next <laughs> oh, I love great this. American novel. And then I would also find like take care of yourself, bake some cookie dough. So I just had this this angst every time I would put it down like I'm not doing enough. Oh my gosh, I should be taking more care of this. But but like right then, by the way, in the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we're all just meeting our need for safety. And so for us to be even trying to push ourselves into some self-actualization was obviously gonna create pain and discomfort. And so Laura and I actually just started talking about this um, and just talking about art, and, and I guess we were going through a lot of the same things at the same time.
1: Yeah, we were. So. Yeah, no, yeah. So it's so funny because I haven't heard t- uh, Tony Robbins list those six things. And I, as you're talking, I'm like, oh yeah, certainty, growth, connection, variety. Like it's a, it's a vortex of all of them. I mean, the, all six, I don't know what the sixth one is, but the five that you mentioned. Safety, safety, safety. of course. Yeah, all of them, <laughs> of course. Um, so what is it? Certainty, growth, connection, variety, safety. Um,
0: so love and connection, variety, certainty, growth, contribution, and oh man what was the other one? Hold on. I'm just going to look at my.
1: So all of these are in my experience of social media. I could, it was there. I could go to it whenever I wanted and I could make some kind of co- contribution. I could see the growth, right? Yeah. I could connect.
0: Okay. Here they are. Certainty, uncertainty, or variety. Significance. Significance was the one. Oh, there, there we go. Yeah. And that is a huge one in social media, um, connection and love growth and contribution.
1: That's crazy. Cause uncertainty and
0: safety, I think are the same thing. So certainty, assurance, you can avoid pain and gain pleasure, uncertainty, the need for the unknown, the change to stimuli, significance, the feeling of being unique, important, special, or needed love and connection, a feeling of union with someone or something, growth and expansion of your capability and understanding, and then contribution, a sense of service and focus on helping and giving to, and supporting others. Yeah.
1: Tick, Every, tick, 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 tick. <laughs> Oh my God. Wow. Like all of that, all, all of those. So <clears throat> that's, that's interesting. I hadn't heard that lens on it, but makes perfect sense. So, yeah, I mean, I've had a very, uh, on again, off again, high, low relationship with social media from the beginning. I have. I, I don't know that I would have the, I don't know if I would have sold my first book without it. I, I don't know if I'd have the sort of be able to do what I'm doing professionally now. It's hard to divorce that from from what is, because I just don't know. It didn't go that way for me. Social media- And how did hard. it start
0: for you, Laura? Like where, what, yeah, how did it start? It
1: started as a way to share my sobriety journey. Like I, it and you know- it's important to note that this is 2014, 13, 14. It, we, it, is not, it was not what it is now. Instagram is the thing that I focus on cause it is, that was my downfall. <laughs> and for good reason, I learned like it, it speaks to us on the level of symbology and imagery, which reaches our subconscious a lot faster. So uh, yeah, I, I I used it though as a way to. I mean, I had always wanted to share words, quotes. I'm a word collector to share it, my experience, but I didn't. I didn't allow myself to have that platform. I I didn't really have the capacity to be honest about my life, and what I wanted to talk about was my my life, right? And so social media my experience, but I wasn't being honest about my experience until I got sober. And it's like, oh, okay, here's the thing I actually need to talk about. And it was a perfect like platform to do that because here I can share what's going on today. I can practice writing. I can share words that I love. Uh, everything was in there. And so I started, it started as more of a personal thing as a totally personal thing, actually. But it, as I started to realize that I wanted to be a writer and be a person who, claimed that space, it I would say within a year, uh, and once I started to have some traction in writing, I, you know, I started to get like published in small places and I would I, I would I had a blog that I would share you know to my 10 people in my email list and started to get feedback. But I, it was more the internal like oh I'm gonna let myself want this. And as I started to get some traction in sobriety itself, I it tr- it shifted to a, a professional blend of professional and personal. I mean, it's professional because it was, I was building a platform, I would say at that point, but it also personal because it, I, I was talking about my life. Um
0: and just to interject, I think that like it's really important, you know, as we talk about this journey and evolution, not to really discount. The beauty and the benefit because I mean we met on social media.
1: So yes. There's that. I am so that's that has always been as it's as the years went on and it started to change into something else for me. You know, it was very akin to the process of addiction. You know, first it's all fun, then it's all fun and some problems. And then eventually it became all problems for me. But there's but I it never left my mind that I had. I met you. I met, I can list probably 50 people that I wouldn't, that I connected to on social media. And these are real things, you know, real, like people that read my manuscript for my book and promoted it that had platforms that I, I didn't have the ability to promote it like they could, or even, even aside from the professional stuff, personal stuff. I mean, I, I, have made true honest deep friendships through social media connections lasting important relationships and so that's that is always there and and not to mention there's all kinds of opportunities that would flood in it's like you know do you it's like going to a networking event every day
0: yeah
1: but it's also kind of fun And I was really good at it and I liked it and it played on all these things. You know, I got to feel like I was making a contribution and I was like, some of that was also very real. I mean, I remember
0: posts of yours where I would read something that you had written and, and I was always in, before we knew each other in real life and still am, but I was in such awe of you because I was like, you know, like, how does she just sit somewhere? I imagined you just like sitting on a curb waiting to pick up your daughter and just like, writing these words that just like put me in tears and mm. were exactly what I needed to hear. And they cut to my soul and I was like, oh my gosh, I just feel seen, you know? And so I feel, and I, I know that you did that for so many hundreds of thousands of people. And yeah, the, so there was, there was some real beauty in it. And interestingly, I feel like you and I had the conversation repeatedly and maybe I'm skipping ahead a bit but we'll get into it about, I'm like, well, how can you do both? And how can you do both? And how can you separate that part and keep doing this part? Because right like on a personal level, like I've been just impacted by your words and social media, it happened to be a really easy way for me to consume them. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I'm not on it as much anymore either. So I don't, you know, like for me, it's, it's very much like I want to provide value and service in this naked mind accounts, but like on a personal level, like I I've just kind of yeah. you know, stopped consuming as much. Yes. Uh, but at that time I, yeah, I clung to some of the things you wrote and I remember that really vividly. Well,
1: thank you. And I, and I, that was real. I loved doing that. I, I, I wasn't, there was so much of it in there, especially in the early years of sobriety that like served a very genuine purpose for me. I was not performing. I was, I was just someone who needed, who, who had been dying to write and dying to say the things that I wanted to, 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 to use writing and to use and to, and to just exercise that, that part of myself had been waiting for, you know, 38 years to, to really do it. And, and that was a place where I could do it and I could practice it. And that was genuine and honest. And then And, and there's this other part of it, you know, and then it also becomes something else. Uh, It plays into, it started to, and these things were always there. Um, You know, my comparison tendency to compare and this feeling of, you said not doing enough. That was probably the primary feeling. I'm just not doing enough. Oh my God, there's so many things I I should be doing. I'm not doing this or, or like that, not enough feeling is kind of always when I would exit out of social media, how I would feel Fuck, like I'm not doing enough, you know? Um, so, and then the obsession with how I'm doing, am I okay? You know, Mm -hmm. it became for me like this soup, <laughs> like the soup, there are some nutrients in that soup, but ultimately the 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 soup made me sick. And I couldn't deny that it was making me sicker and sicker and sicker. And so I, and look, I tried, <laughs> I tried all the things to make it work. Like you, the conversations you and I had, you know, have somebody manage it for you. Um, Take, you know, do it through an app, Only never go on, never comment, don't scroll. And I just couldn't, I, I, the, some of those things worked for a while, but it just didn't, it, it just I had to come clean on the fact that just like alcohol for me, it just, it wasn't worth it, but there's, so, so the reason uh-huh. I, go ahead.
0: I was just going to ask, so how did, how did that feel? Like, can you,
1: are- mm. Well, it felt like, it felt like a few things. One, I felt like embarrassed, like really? You can't fucking handle a thing on your phone. Like, Mm -hmm. are you not, are you 12? (laughs) You know, there's that. Two, I felt like I had come so incredibly far in, I'm so courageous in so many areas of my life. You know, the, the the deepest part of me is very brave and courageous and, uh, and honestly doesn't get rocked much by what people say about me. And yet when I got on there, it was like I had no skin. Mm-hmm. I couldn't let a trolley comment or even a, you know, sharply put criticism haunt me. Um,
0: so I have a theory about that. Um, and then I want to hear how else you, this made you feel first of all, the embarrassed thing, like, let's just talk about how similar that is to alcohol. Like when we first realized that we don't have as much control as we'd hoped, right? Like it's just like, Oh, come like on, really? what's wrong really? with me? Like that, that's the where liquid. we <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this liquid in the glass is gonna do this to me. That's so frustrating and embarrassing. And then we, you know, hide from it for, for so long. And I know that one of the things both of us are very passionate about is just more normalizing that conversation. But, um, so I have been trying to unpack for myself as well, like, why is it that I can even get in a verbal argument with somebody? Not that I do it often, but I've done it plenty of times, like, or have a disagreement with somebody in real life, or, you know, but why is it that some unknown faceless person can say something that isn't even that bad? Like, I remember we had a live event and of course we had a hashtag and I was almost never on social at this point in time, but I was like riding the high of the live event. I was like, it's so good. I just want to see what people said with the hashtag, right? And one comment was like, well, it's my second year in a row and I just have to say like, it was great in some ways, but a lot of the content was repetitive. And, and I'm like, okay, that's not even that bad, <laughs> but it made me sick to my stomach for like yeah. a good 24 hours. Yeah. And what did I do wrong? Was it really repetitive? Did everybody feel this way? What was this? And and by the way, that was one out of like dozens of comments I read that were positive. And I'm like, why is this? What, what is this illogical reaction? And so here's my theory. It's a little outlandish, but I think that without a face. And without a human to ascribe that to, we have no way to justify it. So we can't say, oh, but that's just, that's just Mary. Mary's always upset with everything. That's just Larry. No context. Yeah, there's no context. And so then we internalize it as if we're saying it to
1: ourselves. Oh, yeah. I think that's, there's probably a lot of truth to that.
0: Because we can't put a face on it. We can't, there's no justification. We cannot say, we can't put it in a box. We can't compartmentalize it. And so there's no choice, but us to take it on face value because like yeah. the only, and by the way, the only, even if we're reading the words, the vocalization of those words is in our mind with our own voice. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's the, there's, there's, I'm sure that's very true. And, you know, I, I, I battled with all of that. Like really, you can't like, are you that immature? Are you that? Fragile, you know that you can't take that. Uh, but the the reality is, I am a really sensitive person.
0: Me too.
1: My energy is really sensitive. I'm sensitive. I it it it's part of what allows me to do the work that I do. And so instead of it, it, it more became, it's like so much, I, I, I continually, as the years went on, got fascinated at the parallels between alcohol and social media, like just parallel after parallel after parallel. And what did I, where did I land with drinking? You know, I kept, I kept saying that. And when I would, when I would focus on what I was going to lose by not drinking, which was a lot. And some of that stuff was real. I, I would feel nothing but kind of despair. But when I, what I know from getting sober is that what I gained was infinitely more and that I had to be okay with opening myself up to that mystery of like, what would happen? What would happen, Laura, if you made yourself scarce on social media? What would happen if you didn't follow the, the prescribed equation? You know, mm-hmm. you, you have to have an Instagram account, you have to have a Facebook presence, you have you have to do all these things if you're going to be a successful author. Business owner. It's like, what well, okay, maybe not. Like, what would happen if I didn't follow those things? And so ultimately the the, the decision was one of, of kind of jumping off a cliff and going, I don't actually know what's going to happen. But I had a a horrible, if we we can talk about it, because it's just interesting, like kind of relapse that happened this summer. And I woke up and thought, okay, this, I never, I never want to feel this way again. Mm. Zero, more times. (laughs) Uh, This is a day one and I'm pushing off from here. And I, all evidence shows me that this is not something that's good for me. So I'm gonna push off from here. And what happened? So I had, I had reached a point where I was taking another break. Like I just was gonna tap out. I was gonna see, I was gonna take the summer off and just not be there. And what I noticed was even having it exist out there, it's like people could still interact with my persona. Mm-hmm. And I hated that, you know, my, the avatar of me. Um, so I would, I would occasionally check. And then I launched a podcast and it was like, how do you launch a podcast without fucking social media? Like, how do I, who, how am I going to tell people? You know, I have my newsletter, but it's like habit, you know, you know, as someone who is used to using it, it's like, you do this and then you do that and you do that. And oh, there's this audience of 80,000 people. Like I can just tell them. So I started to do that and, and, and just said, oh, it's coming and then I got another book deal. I was like, I really want to talk about it. You know, it's like that need for what significance validation. I wanted it. And it's so, it's like you know it's right there. You can get immediate feedback. Mm-hmm. So so much of this I realized was an addiction to being witnessed immediately. And and to bypassing in that process i was bypassing the actual experience of whatever was going on mm. positive negative just like alcohol like i was missing my life um so I, I decided to take a break and i slowly started to edge my way back in you know like oh i'll just check here do this and then i was a uh, i was on vacation visiting my mom. It was with my, my boyfriend and my daughter and, you know, in Maui, I hadn't seen my mom in over a year and this like wonderful vacation that we'd been so looking forward to since the dark COVID days. And it was a, you know, my mom, my, I was getting to bring my, my newish boyfriend to this place and it was all really great. And I had this moment where um, I was sitting I was, I felt so much joy and I don't know about what I know now about dopamine (laughs) is that these high moments can be uncomfortable because you experience this, this drop. It's, it's like um, muscle memory for, Mm -hmm. you know, people who are prone to addiction. It's like, Oh, I want to keep it going. Oh, yeah. How do I make this continue to go, you know, feel more to deepen this moment of excitement and joy. I was like sitting outside. It was beautiful. Uh, I was reading a book. You know, my mom was in this crazy, beautiful, picturesque little spot. My boyfriend's there. My daughter's there playing with her friend. It was just like magical. And I, how can I make this more? Oh, I can share it. On hmm. Social media and downloaded the, downloaded the app. And it, I had like just had a recent conversation with someone who told me their strategy for dealing with social media. And I was like, that's so great. I could just do that. Why, do, why am I making such a big deal out of all this? Downloaded it, posted, went on this long ex- explanation of why I'm back, blah, blah, blah. And within 24 hours, I was nauseous, anxious, disaster feeling mess, like the worst hangover, anxiety. Cause I had started to, I went all the way back in. Mm-hmm. Like I went, you know, I didn't, I couldn't moderate. I was like checking the app under the covers in my, you know, the room with my boyfriend. Cause I didn't tell him that I had gone back on and he's seen what it does to me. And I'm, you know, checking my follower, ca- hundreds of people unfollowed me. And I'm like, oh my God, why is that happening? And, you know, just the same shit show. And I, that was when I woke up the next morning and said, nah, no, we're not doing this ever again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I think it's interesting for me, uh, and the reason I, I like talking about it so much is is it also feels very much, or I feel called to talk about it. It also feels very much like alcohol did when I started to get sober. Like this isn't just a Laura who mm-hmm. has a problem. This is a like this is a massive thing that's happened to our society in the past six years, where it's really proliferated into the way we function on a day-to-day basis, right? The way we interact with each other, the way we process our life experiences, the way we consume it, it, media and news and, and, and more. And then the Facebook thing came out. And I was like, oh, fuck it. I'm writing about this, you know? And so I ended up writing this piece for the New York times about it. And like, yeah, it's still, I have found like the the, the thing that I wanna talk about most I think is trusting your own intuition about what works for you. Yeah. yeah. And like something doesn't have to, it, it's never all bad and all good, right? right? But you still have to make decisions, sometimes really hard decisions. And I don't know where this will lead me. I have no idea. Like, I don't know if it's going to be, if it's going to hurt when my next book comes out. I don't know.
0: It's amazing. Like, I have, um, so we have an au pair, and she's 25, she's Colombian, and she is an influencer on Instagram um in a way that is like I guess sort of products and stuff I didn't know this until the first night she was in my house because she didn't give me her Instagram handle before and so this was she's been with us almost two years now but the first night she was in my house she gave me her Instagram handle and I stayed up all night and I was like oh my gosh what did I what, you know because the person that this she is, the is person. Mm-hmm. on social is not someone I would ever want in my house I mean she's like you know Anyway, I won't even go there, but it's, it's, it's very different than somebody I would want in my house taking care of my kids, just the whole energy about it. Right. Right. And then, so I'm, I'm freaked out, but then we get to know this woman and she is the best. She is, her energy is pure and clean. She, you know, doesn't drink ever, which was totally random. We didn't even expect or know that she just doesn't like it. She um, really, truly cares about the kids. Like she's just so silly and bubbly and thoughtful and like, like, you know, she doesn't ever wear makeup. And then you go on her Instagram and it's just this painted, filtered. And, and so, you know, in the last year or so, we've, you know, she's been dealing with some anxiety and, and I've bridged the conversation a few times, like, well, tell me about Instagram for you. And she's like, well, I feel like you can't not. I feel like with me and my friends, you can't not. Like, I know I feel better when I don't. I know I take breaks sometimes, but, but it's, it's like I disappear. Like I disappear from everybody knowing what I do and where I am. And especially cause I'm not actually present in my country with my friends. Like, yeah. like I'm gone and I feel like I'm gone. And, and I was yes. like, well, but it's, it's not you on there anyway. Like anyone who knows you knows that the, the disparity between your persona and yourself is, is huge. And, um, and she, she so gets it, but she's so stuck. And when you were talking to me about this, I remember sharing some of this with you and us just having the conversation of like, wow, this is so similar, so similar in like both wanting to do more and less of the same thing at the same time. So similar and feeling embarrassed about, you know, why can't I control this? So similar and feeling like, well, everybody does this. This shouldn't be such a big deal. You know, so similar from a neurological perspective in terms of the dopamine, right? But the thing that's really different is with alcohol. So alcohol artificially stimulates dopamine. And, but alcohol is also toxic to the body. So the body has breaks on alcohol. The body can yeah. say, whoa, 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 stop to the point of having you throw up, by the way, to save your own life because right. you've consumed so much, it will kill you if you don't throw up. And, and so you have to stop. There's, there's actual breaks 100%. in the substance. Yeah. The dopamine produced by gambling, pornography, social media, there's no breaks. You can scroll and scroll 100%. and scroll and scroll. And there's no break. So the amount that it changes your brain and how fast it does is, is really true. And so I would do experiments for myself where, and by the way, the significance thing being on, whether it's a family vacation or you're just with, and you have those moments of downtime and you're like, but but I have all these people, like these eighty thousand people. They're just relying on me. I just have to check, you know. And it's almost yeah. like you're being significant online, but you're being significant offline too, because then people can see how busy and important you are, right? Like, it's always- well, and yeah, and and
1: and how much that that performance actually eats away at the experience itself. That was another thing that just just killed me when oh, I yeah. realized it, because it's like I i got sober to be in my life
0: mm-hmm.
1: and this is like blasphemous to every gift that i've been given all the grace that i've been shown all the the fact that i'm still alive and i'm going to destroy it destroy my presence by performing something mm-hmm. that was brutal to realize you don't think that's what you're doing though, because it's so normalized into how we, I mean, when you, like we, I went out to dinner with a bunch of my girlfriends on Friday night, we're all taking, they're all taking pictures. I took pictures too, but they're posting them and spending time posting them. And like, what is, what the essence of what happens I don't, I I don't know that it actually multiplies the joy, (laughs) right? I I think it steals from it. I think it steals from those, those moments. And and you were, you were continuing to make a point, but what I, what I, what I noticed at first was that, that, that a lot of things sort of felt empty, just like when I got sober and then eventually it was such a relief like oh I can just watch a sunset I'm not compelled to capture it because I haven't posted yet today or to say something fucking profound about whatever it is
0: and I remember that too for me um especially like when I was like okay this just isn't working and so I uninstalled the app and I remember we were talking through all of this but I uninstalled the app and I remember just sitting on the living room floor with my 10 year old and my three-year-old and they were making up a game and my ability to be present in that moment was just obliterated. It was not gone. I felt like antsy and uncomfortable and then judgmental because I was like, why can't I just sit here and enjoy my children? What is, what is wrong with me? And it was, it was so intense that detox process of, you know, and it really is detoxing from the dopamine response in the brain and allowing your brain to rebalance. And it takes weeks by the way. So that then the dopamine that can come from making your daughter giggle or, you know, whatever actual pleasure you're having in your real life can break through all of this, you know, high level of dopamine resistance, because every time something your body just wants to stay in balance. So if you overdo something like dopamine, it's going to build a resistance to it. And so then all these natural pleasures, just like alcohol can't break through. And I felt that so profoundly. And I was like, Oh, this is horrible, right? Yes,
1: yes, yes. And yes. Um, And I started to learn about some some psychological concepts that were really helpful, like Winnicott's false self and true self and Mm -hmm. that the false self uh, you know, whenever we're performing a false self online or otherwise, we're uh, you can, it gets, it can get to be very scary actually for your psyche. Cause you're not grounded in reality. You don't feel real Mm -hmm. and tangible in the world. I mean, I, I remember, especially in the, you know, real dark parts of 2020 feeling like the online world was the real world. Mm. Like I, I had to like do this adjustment when I re-entered back into my daughter, you know, conversation with my daughter, back into a conversation with my boyfriend or my friends, just into, into nature. I was like, oh fuck this is reality, but, mm-hmm. but there's this entire world that I was always managing yeah. inside of this app. Like thousands of conversations, thousands of data points. And the, the amount of psychological data that can be in, in, embedded into one single post is more than we, sh- than we can handle. And that's just one post, right? Who commented, who, di- who liked it, who didn't? What did, they, what did that person say? Who's the, what kind of status does that person have? Um, and what did they say about it? And what's the reactions to what they said and who liked what, they, what their comment was? And, oh, and then there's the actual caption of the post and what are they saying and what are they signaling and what do I see there? And um, are they, you know, all, like that's one, that's, it's just more input than we can, than we can psychologically manage
0: so i'm sure you're really familiar with the Rumi quote which is basically i was trying to find it but um but it's it's about the fact that we all already have self-worth and we already like know and love ourselves that that's inherent that's that's a given just because we're born just because we breathe you know we didn't create ourselves here we are Mm -hmm. but then what we do is we put up blocks to feeling our worth right Mm -hmm. and we put up all these blocks and often the blocks that we put in the way of feeling our worth disguise themselves as things to increase our worth, but actually in the act of trying to increase our worth, we are telling ourselves on a deeply, uh, subconscious psychological level that we're not worthy. So when you rely on external validation or, um, to, to make yourself feel worthy, you're actually just reinforcing this subconscious belief that you're not worthy as you are. And so, um, you know, that, by nature, all of those things, like it taps into our insecurities. It taps into us judging ourselves and comparing ourselves to other people. All of the blocks that we put up towards feeling worthy Mm
1: -hmm.
0: are reinforced in this platform. Yeah. Right. And,
1: and, and at a really psychologically profound level at a really psychically profound level, it's like, you know, the, the, I don't know if they've studied the the dopamine you know response in social media I'm sure that they' that they have but like you know you see that scale where like cocaine takes it to like 10x and math takes it like to 15x and alcohol is like 8x or whatever I mean I wouldn't be surprised if it was at the level of some of the most lethal drugs um and more so too because it it, it's it goes it goes into your psyche the Mm -hmm. the imagery it's not just a a chemical that you're ingesting it's like the the symbology of what you're ingesting if you you know if you're uh, a believer in well subconscious i don't think is very disputed anymore (laughs) but but like the that we we live in a myth we live in many myths that are that are happening at once and um the fact that I could be convinced, I could be taken down by an algorithm mm. f- made me feel really weak. Uh, but what I actually had an amazing conversation with is Jungian analyst and she said, no, al- uh, the algorithm is an archetype. It's, it's, it is absolutely meant to, it's like the labyrinth, meant to grab you and keep you in it for as long as possible. Um, so yeah, I, I I think that the validation for some people that that's some, that's a real for, you know, even for your, your au pair, like she knows, she feels like she's going to disappear if she's not on this app. And if you just say that logically, it's like, sounds crazy, but but that's something embedded deep into her psyche right now.
0: Right. And it's it's fascinating because she, you know, every trip that we would go on as a family, she'd ask for time to like run a car and go to all the places, and she'd pack them all in to get all the photos. And then she'd disperse the photos out of her like the next four or five weeks. Right. right. But she like, so we went to um LA and it was like, she was on, you know, Santa Monica Boulevard, and then she was at the Hollywood sign, and then, you know, all of these locations, mm-hmm. um, Venice Beach, and all these places. And then the the photos would would sort of come out, and um, and she says, if people, she feels like if people don't see or know what she's doing, like, yeah, she she sort of disappears. But then in the same breath, she'll say something like, "But then all these people think my life is just perfect, and they don't see that I'm I'm anxious and I'm having a hard time in America, and I'm like." Well, you never talk about that. You never present anything but your life being perfect. So this connection that you're having isn't, you know, and I mean, she sees it, but she is so, so ensnared. And I do think, you know, for in her situation, it would have to be just a clean break. I don't think there's really an alternative. I I don't even know how she could interrupt this picture perfect sort of, you know, sex symbol persona she has and suddenly be herself on this platform and even you know. if she
1: did yes even if she did i mean because i i felt like i was actually being very authentic, as authentic as i could be mm-hmm. online you know i wasn't act i wasn't <laughs> acting like a supermodel i wasn't but but even even the act of being authentic Gets tinged with the performance. I don't know that you can avoid that. So, yeah. so then she becomes that the authentic woman who said, "No, I'm not." I'm even that you you start competing with other people who are then talking about anxiety like or who whatever. Can,
0: who can cry the most? on Who can their out Instagram? vulnerability
1: the the yeah. person? The, you know, and so yeah. it it just it 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 turns. I don't know how, how there cannot be some performative aspect to all of it. I I just don't think that that's actually the case. Um, as when you're, when you're interacting as a person, yeah. Brands I think can do that just fine. But, but as if you're trying to, if you're, if you're presenting your, yourself in your life, how are you, how is it possible that you're not tweaking to perform, to make it do better? Like, why are you there then if not right. for that?
0: Right, right. It was, so two things that I, I want to say that are fascinating. Number one, I had an opportunity last week actually to meet um, the guy who manages, I didn't know who this was, but of course my kids do, Mr. Beast's YouTube account. And so he is like really Oh yes, famous I know,
1: for- because I know because <laughs> of my daughter.
0: <laughs> so anyway, he manages Mr. Beast's YouTube account. So he's the like the Your kids haven't behind. asked
1: you to go a Mr. Beast burger?
0: No, I didn't even know. that. Okay. I'm in for it. I'm sure. Um, And so uh, he just is the brains behind basically hacking the algorithm. And so he's done so good. And he's made this, this young man so famous that he was actually tapped to help develop the TikTok algorithm. And so I was having this fascinating conversation with him where he's like six swipes, six swipes and it knows you this algorithm is better than anything we've ever done before it can nail somebody down to what they like, where they live, what their preferences are, what they think, what they eat for breakfast in six swipes. How long you watch a video? Do you like it? Do you not like it? How fast do you scroll by it? Like, and then that algorithm, he goes, you can live on totally different sides of TikTok. Like my daughter, she'll be like, oh, did you see this? And she'll send me something of like dogs or ponies. I never in my life have seen an animal TikTok, right? Or like somebody's like, it's all about, you know, dancing or it's all about recipes or it's all about science. Like there's all, these different sides and rooms and compartments inside this one platform and so the he's like the TikTok algorithm is better than anything we've ever done and it's more addictive and it's more um like it just it's just so much smarter and so it, it literally is seeing you in this way that is so intense yeah it's so crazy um the other thing I wanted to just say is is back to like how we use social media at This Naked Mind, you know, I'm very principled in my approach of things. It's like, okay, what's the outcome? And the outcome is that I want to meet people where they're at with valuable content. If somebody could just be on Instagram and they could have, you know, some moments of, of giving themselves grace in their conversation around alcohol, or they could find some value I actually have, um, I have a social media team and I'm basically like, this is our goal. If if we if you can take and translate enough value from my books, my podcasts, me, we have meetings where I give content, I provide oh. pictures, stuff like that to where somebody can change their relationship with alcohol just through our social media account. That's when we know that we've done a good thing. Um, but it is so important for me. Like I have an Annie Grace author account on all the platforms, but I don't use them because I, I even imagine it. Like I was watching, um, you know, just watching people who just involve it in all aspects of their life. And I'm like, yeah. it would feel so intrusive to be like, okay, here I am oh, getting ready for my podcast wow. with Laura
1: McAllen, hashtag Laura. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's the reality. No, yeah, I, I I love that that's your approach. And look, I think that's really, that's a really good use of social media you know, but, but you like as a user, you can't, it's, it's hard to separate the wheat from the shaft. Like, it's just really hard. And I, I mean, I have one for the luckiest club. Like I don't, I don't manage it, but I have a say in how it goes, you know, and it's very similar approach. I I have one for my podcast. So I don't, I'm not like a a prohibitionist. It's just for me personally, it didn't, it, it was too too damaging and I and I and I, I what happened when I finally left and what when I had that piece come out because it sort of um expanded the the fact that I had quit it quit and left to people outside of my you know personal life and like my newsletter or whatever lots of other people read as I got hundreds and hundreds of emails people of people just like with alcohol saying like oh, thank you. You know, I, I, I mm-hmm. couldn't figure out why this is so hard for me. And, um, you know, it's, it's something that we know people intuitively know is not good for them. Yeah. You know, they're, for like your pair, I, I think is probably the, is the, the, the norm, not mm-hmm. the exception. Um, and it, and it's not that way for everybody. My personal Facebook account, I sort of care less. Like I enjoy posting occasionally. It doesn't hook me, but I think for people who are using it for, if they're influencers, bloggers, authors, podcasters, they're using it for their own personal brand of a business. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's the, that's the norm. It's not the the exception. And so I think uh, my hope is that we see a shift, that mm-hmm. we see a shift of people um, retreating back to, into more contained spaces, you know, smaller communities, more focused communities. Um, I hope that's what we see in the next five years. I think, I, I, I honestly think it will be because I, you know, I, I, I've even talking to you, I'm like, shit, I should just had someone manage my account like why couldn't I just but it no <laughs> you right. know like hold the line and just see see what happens I don't know we were before we got on we were talking about like when something just won't leave you alone yeah and you you know you know like you're acting like you don't you know for to this particular thing that you don't really know what it is you're wanting needing to do what's being asked of you let's put it right. that way yeah. what is being asked of me that when I would put it that way, it's like, what's being asked of me is to get off of here and see what happens. Yeah.
0: And I love that you're leading this conversation because, um, yeah, for, for you to walk away from something that arguably sort of built your, your business, but in a way and saying, Hey, that didn't serve me. I mean, let's be honest, like alcohol arguably built (laughs) my, but I don't do it anymore. So but I don't so do it anymore. And look at,
1: and you're, and you're not, you're not only yeah. fine, you no know?
0: <laughs> Right. It's all good. <laughs> so, um, let's end with, uh, two things, Laura. So first of all, um, I had a few tips of, for people to sort of think about when they're judging their own relationship with social media. Um, mm-hmm. and do you have any, or I can dive into my list or you can just piggyback. Do
1: your list and I can add okay.
0: to it if I Okay, um, so tip number one is just really to curate what you consume. And I would do this based on, you know, literally go through everybody you follow and ask yourself for every single person, like, does this awaken comparison in me? Does this awaken judgment in me? Does this make me feel more than or less than? And if any of those things are true, I would unfollow that right? Like if there's any sense of anxiety, like if you are going to follow something, make sure that it's uplifting. Make sure that when you see the posts from that, that page, that person, that brand, that you feel better than you did more seen, more accepted. You have more grace for yourself than before. So curate what you consume. Um, Number two is just really check your meanings. So like for me, I would see somebody posted, like I would see um, for instance, like somebody would post something. And then the first person who, you know, it always lists who the most famous person who liked it is, is right underneath it. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, like, wow, they're liking their content. And like, they must be so much better than me. They must be so much further ahead than me. They must be so much more successful than me. Like just check How many blue check mark
1: comments do they have? Yeah.
0: Right. Like just like instantly, just really be aware of the meanings you're creating because your brain is creating meanings. As you said, Laura, you are seeing more psychological input in one post than most people would see in like months and months, right? right. Without really? internet. And so all of those things, your brain is making meanings, right? Um, the third one I would say is observe your feelings. So uh, Laura and I did a Tell Me Something True podcast, and I guess it would just be the one with Annie Grace, but yeah. um, it was all about this idea of animating energy and how what fuels you on a day-to-day basis can determine the quality of your life. You can certainly be fueled by scarcity and you know competition and running away from something or trying to prove something, and you can be really successful or you can be fueled by, you know, really gratitude and hopefulness and peace and be even more successful, I would argue. Um, and so check that, like, is it giving you that? What fuel is it giving you? Because for me in the early days, you know, getting on people, seeing influencers in this space and seeing their social media accounts, I'd be like fueled by, okay, I have to do more. I have to post more. I need to be like this so that I can be like them.
1: And
0: it was this fuel of like insecurity and, um, and by the way, it did it did get new followers, right? Like it, it worked, yeah. quote, but now the fuel is service. Like it's totally different. Like, okay, I want my accounts to be if somebody could just change a relationship with alcohol just by by following my Instagram account, that is a win. Just by listening to my podcast, that is a win. And so I just you have to check, I would say, what fuel, what feelings does a stint on social media give you. And I, I think that's so important. I would actually like, I would, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to go on Instagram. My, my goal is 15 minutes. I'd get off 45 minutes later. And I have like, I say dozens of journal injuries. This is how I feel. This is what happened. This is what I saw. This is what meetings I created. I feel a pit in my stomach. It's going to take me like, not only did I spend 45 minutes when I meant to spend 10, it's going to take me two to three hours to recover from it. And by the way, this was me being a consumer of social media. Like that's where I really fell down. Um, And number four is just like what Laura has been talking about this whole time. Um, Where are you performing? Where are you not being authentic? Because anywhere you are performing, you are subconsciously telling yourself you're not good enough as you are, and you are destroying your personal worth. You're digging into your personal self-worth on a subconscious level. Um, And number five is a little bit of a repeat, but where do you feel comparison and how much comparison are you feeling? Uh, Where do you feel like you're not doing good enough?
1: I love those. Um, I would just add when you say, how do you feel? I, I, I think it's sometimes hard for people to, to understand how they feel, but they, they can check their body.
0: Mm, Yes.
1: So I knew when I almost instantly when I fired the app up, my heart would start beating faster. Um, my thoughts would start racing. It, it would kind of feel good. It's mm-hmm. like that, that dopamine rushy feeling, but then it would feel bad pretty, pretty quick. And when I got out, I felt constricted. Like my body felt tight. Mm-hmm. Shoulders were way up here. Heart's beating fast. So notice that there's just purely notice. What does it feel like in your body? to do, and that's, that's for anything. That's sort of how I, how does it feel to talk to this person? Does mm-hmm. it regulate my nervous system or does it feel tight mm-hmm. off racing? I feel off
0: balance. Do I feel? Yeah.
1: So there's that. And then um, this isn't so much of a tip, but just something I want to, a way that I contextualize all of it was I learned about, I don't know if you've read Cal Newport's deep work, but he talks a lot about mm, context, yes. context switching. And when you switch, we're not really great as, as humans for a, a context switching. So say I'm writing an email and then I kind of, whatever that the way that social media started to, in, to work in my brain is it was like every minute or two, I'd get an interruption, like check, you could check. You just posted an hour ago, go check the comments. Any moment of, it it was like a tick, you know, just go ahead and do it, go ahead and do it. So I, I, maybe in the context of writing an email, I would check three or four times and I would context switch out of that email. So an email that would have taken me two minutes then took me 45. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's the productivity factor that the time loss, but that was way less what I was interested in. It was more, do I have the capacity anymore to do deep work?
0: Mm.
1: And I realized I didn't, Mm. I had a hard time reading, getting engaged in a show. I had a hard time continuing a conversation for longer than say 30 or 45 minutes without checking my phone. And as a writer, it felt like, uh, these two things can't exist together for me to do the kind of writing that I care about that I want to do that I want to see if I can do I can't have this be in my life it's it's like anathema to to what mm-hmm. what deep work actually is you know um I would so many times I would be frustrated with writing and I would say I'll oh, just like you can just go on On Instagram right now and post something, and you'll get that. Because writing a book Mm. is a very solitary, liminal space type project, and you got to hang out in there for a long time without being sure if it's good, without getting any feedback, (laughs) without having any sort of affirmation. I don't think good work comes from, I don't think good writing comes from a space of constant, am I okay? Am I okay? How am I doing? Am I okay? Am I okay? You know, so, so yeah, I was very, I was very interested in, in the deep work concept. And like, you know, I, I'm a big fan of looking from the end, you know, of, of your life and, and really having that always in the forefront as not a morbid thing, but as a, a gut check, am I going to, am I, do I honestly want to say that I spent, I I did the math at one point that I had spent a year plus of my life and over the course of seven years time-wise on social media do I really want to get to the end and say I had an amazing Instagram account I had two million followers but I wrote books that I knew could be better Mm. or I wrote the four books that were pretty good but I knew that I had a couple more in me that were really important and I just couldn't do it for me, it is that stark. I think it it is that stark of an equation.
0: Wow, that's so powerful, Laura. And I, I love to like the kind of writing that I want to see if I can do. That's such a beautiful way to think about writing because it's such a better frame than oh, I don't think I can do it. Like, let's see if I can. Let's approach yeah. this curiosity. And I love for anybody reading that book by Cal Newport. Deep work is one of my all time favorites. It's Same. so important.
1: And he is an excellent example. Never had a social media account. Mm. New York times, bestselling author produces just really quality, thoughtful, incredible work. His podcast is awesome. Um, It's called deep questions. And he answers a lot of these, you know, he, it sounds like it's just a productivity thing, but it's not, it's a deeply spiritual practice. As far as I'm concerned, deep work practice. Absolutely. So yeah, he's in ne- And I started to pay attention to stories like that. I remember, you know, like we can finish up at this, this, but I remember I, I didn't tell my publisher, or my agent that I was getting off social media. Cause I knew what the answer, I knew it would be like, no, we got to figure out a way to do this. Right. And I went to, after I had left, it was actually the day that the New York times piece came out. <laughs> so I actually felt like, Oh, I was going to visit them in New York. They're like, see oh. This. oh yeah. I was like, not only are they going to see it, but maybe this is like, softens the news a little bit like look there's there's this piece on, in the new york times like it's gonna be okay <laughs> um but i sent it to him as i was walking to my agent's office and, and i get in and she's like so let's talk about this <laughs> you know? and we're sitting there in this in this room with all these amazing authors that are represented by by her agency and i said look at this okay that one right there that one right there that one right there, that, 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 that they're not on social media. Mm. She's like, yeah, you're right. Okay. 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 You know, it's just like the script that we're following now.
0: Right. And and you can't even have an, a conversation with an agent without them asking about the size of your platform. I mean, it literally goes into your book proposal.
1: Oh, I How many know. followers
0: do you have on each channel?
1: Oh, I know. I know. And, and, but by the end of that, she's like, okay, you know, let's go talk to the editor. She's, she might have questions, you know, and she's doing her job. Like my agents is doing her job, but that I'm, I felt so grateful because my publisher was like, oh yeah, no, I don't, you know, I don't care. You need to be well. And if you, Mm -hmm. if you aren't well, you're, you're not going to, you're, (laughs) you know, you're useless to us anyway. So do what you need to do. And I I don't think that would be the answer that every publisher would give, but I was very grateful for that. And I think it's, it's absolutely true. I mean, if you think about, I I have discovered certain creators and authors on Instagram. Absolutely. Also, like the book I just read that we were talking about before, Matrix by Lauren Groff, I don't fucking find her on Instagram. I found her, someone told me to read this book. Yeah. We are, we have, you know, for people that I, I guess I'm speaking specifically to people who feel like they have to do this or, Mm-hmm. They won't make it. Yeah. It's not necessarily true. I don't want to say that that's true for everybody. I think there are some businesses that that they do need it, right? Like the restaurant, like down the street, like they have, she has said, the social media has made our business explode. Mm-hmm. Fair. Like I don't want to, I, I'm also in a position where I spent seven years building a platform and now I can, I can have the privilege to say that I, I'm going to try leaving. So I, I don't, I'm not saying, you know, it's, that's my story, but I think you got a question and this goes for anything, all these sort of foregone conclusion stories, Mm -hmm. these things, of course I have to do this. Maybe not.
0: So let's end with this, Laura. Let me ask you the question, even though it's not an alcohol question this time, but if you were going to go back in time to Laura, who was in Hawaii and waking up with just a pit in her stomach and under the covers, looking at, you know, the account and you were going to tell her about what life it's like now, what would you tell
1: her? Oh yeah. We haven't even talked about that. Um, all right. Let's be honest. So I, I was just saying to my boyfriend this morning, wow, I can't believe I haven't. Cause he said he deleted Facebook off his phone and he's not like a big social media person, but I was like, why was it just bugging you? He's like, yeah, I was just noticing. I was like looking at, it. he's like, I can't believe you have been off Instagram since the summer. He's like, I can't even believe like how different it is to be around you. Wow. Yeah. Um, Cause it was always, there was always some drama going on in the back of my mind that I was trying to manage. Um, I would tell her like, you're going <laughs> to be fine. You're going to be fine. You're going to be more than fine. And yeah, um, I feel I'm writing this book right now. I don't know. I don't, I feel like I'm able to try to do the type of writing that I want to do. You know, mm-hmm. um, I feel just mostly grateful that I am in my life again mm-hmm. and that can't be overstated um, and that, that there are going to be times that you're going to get afraid and maybe want to backtrack or second guess and, that's okay too, um, but yeah, that I would say to her, like, just keep going. It's at this point, I can't imagine, uh, you know, it's, it's like that after that first year of sobriety where you're like, start to see things happen that are, that you couldn't have imagined The the people that are showing up the way that my just daily mental health is different um it's i I wouldn't i I could have predicted some of it and i and a lot of it i was i couldn't have predicted like it's not just going to be okay it's going to be much more than okay
0: yeah i love that well this has been awesome laura thanks so much for coming on and having this totally different type of conversation that i think is so timely and so important.
1: good to talk to you always.
0: You too. Are you ready for a deep dive and truly lasting change? If so, you might consider my intensive program. It's a nine-week self-led program that you can do in the complete comfort of your own home, and it will truly transform your relationship with alcohol. If you want to learn more about this, go to thisnakedmind.com forward slash intensive. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.